Hello and welcome to Need to Know, your weekly baking podcast covering everything from the hottest trends in entertainment and baking to trusted expertise on your favorite pastime. I'm your co-host Gina Brzao, s'mores obsessed and amateur baker at best. As always, I'm joined by professional chef, cookbook author, and the creator of Bigger Boulder Baking, Gemma Stafford. Hi, Gina. Hello. How are you doing? How's I'm your good. week? I'm good. It's good. I've got a little bit of a cold, so yes. I sound like That's okay. my I sound like an Irish mammy, but specifically <laughs> my Irish mammy. And you have some tea. And it's I have good. some tea. So it's yeah, nice no, I'm good. It, you know, you know, when you're not like I'm feeling better. Yeah. But I sound worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so always like at I'm the tail at right end now. where your voice gets all funky. Yeah. And then yeah, but. We're doing well. We're excited to be here. How are you? I'm doing well. It's really nice out. I feel like spring vibes. It actually is really nice out. And do you know what else? The weather has cooled down. I know. So much better. We had a heat wave there for a minute in California, but we're doing better. Um, we're diving right in today from our hot from the oven topics with brownies. So I saw this. I wanted your opinion on this. Obviously, I saw this article and it said, don't miss this step when baking brownies. The step was sifting your flour. Mm. I've never done that. <laughs> We're not surprised. You notice that my, my, now my, my normal grumble sounds like Marge Simpson. Yeah. I'm like, so is what Gemma consider this the step for no, not, not to miss? Never. I've never, I've never, not to, not, no, not to, not to miss. Okay. No, I've never, I'd love to know uh, why somebody so would say that. They said sifting the flour will give your brownies a better texture. According to Real Simple, sifting your flour before it allows, it's one step further, and you can also sift the cocoa powder. So both oh. dry ingredients can bind more thoroughly with the wet ones. Oh, well, that's just baking, though. It's also like a lot of work. <laughs> no, that's just, hold on a second now. That, no, no, that's that's just, that's not. That's not crazy. Let's go back a little bit. Okay, okay. So f- first off, um, I don't sift flour that often anymore unless it. it's going into a specific recipe, um, like a light cake mm-hmm. or like an that uh, you're folding it into egg whites or something like that. Uh, you do fold, uh, you, sorry, you do sift your dry ingredients. When using powdered sugar and cocoa powder, like you just mentioned, yeah. I always sift those too because they've got moisture in them. So yes, uh, I actually, when you said that, I was like, yeah, I always sift cocoa powder oh, because it really? can be lumpy. Yeah. And different brands can be lumpier than others. So is the goal of sifting strictly to get the lumps out? out of, of, of cocoa? No, no, it's not. Of cocoa powder and, and things like that, it yeah. is usually to get the lumps out okay. or it's to aerate. Mm. So it's to make them lighter, to, to fold in easier to another, the rest of your ingredients. Got like it. Like whipped up egg whites or um, when you're making, like when you make a Genoise sponge and all these fancy things. Right. Um, but so, no, I, I have to say, I'm going to have to say uh, that's not a make or break brownie tip. That's okay. That's not a make or break brownie tip. That's a baking tip. Do you, the the tip is sift all your dry ingredients together first. Yes. I know you don't do this, I've done that with cookies. So like chocolate chip cookies, I've done that. Do that because then you have your, but they don't even talk about the most important reason you do that is raising agents and salt. So they are all evenly combined. Okay. Yeah. You do all of those together separate. Just do this. You can do this for 99% of baking recipes. Dry in one bowl, wet in the other, and then combine them at the end. Like that's just what baking sense. What kind of sifter sense. do you have? Okay, so I have the sifter that's sort of like, I guess half, like half a bowl is like how I'm visualizing it. And then you take a spoon or a knife and you like sift it. Oh, you're talking about the old school ones that yes. you go like this with the crank? Oh the no, on the no. Crank? But those look better. No. I have like, like a, like a open, 
like netting. You know what I mean? It's like a sieve. A, you have a sieve. Yes. And I just use a spoon. Oh, I know what you're like, talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So long. What well, is that the kind that you use? Yeah, always. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Do I would say is your one meshel? Yes. Their uh, meshels are just easier to work with. They can okay. hold more ingredients, and they're just more. They're they just make it the process faster. Yes. Plastic ones just take a little bit longer. Because my grandmother had one where it was the crank. The crank. Yeah, yeah. but I'm like. Kind of missed that one. So while we're on the topic of brownies, I wanted to know if you had any brownie making tips. It's funny. So I'm I come from a very brownie focused household. When I was growing up, my parents one month I kid you not they had a month long brownie baking contest. Oh my gosh! To see who could make the better brownie, and they had us like eat it and vote, which I was like in heaven, of course. But I love a fudgy brownie. Yeah. I don't like a cakey brownie. Yeah. I think that's the majority of people, really, okay. to be fair. I like it a little raw in the middle. Mm. Like a little undercooked. Gina, can, do you mind if I say something? Yeah. I have a feeling that's because you're not patient enough to wait for them to be done. It's, yes. But <laughs> is, that, is there any chance that's the fact? That is the fact. And also, I, I find that when I take them out a little earlier and then let them sit yeah. and the next day eat them. Oh, always. They're like delicious. Always. Yeah. A so day-old brownie. I have so many tips for brownies okay. I've got okay Let's so okay, just off the top of my head now because um I, I I honestly I could talk about this for an hour we do so we have a lot of brownie recipes different flavored brownies mm-hmm. on biggerbolderbaking.com the brownies um we do cakey brownies how do you make a cakey brownie and that is a bit of a different technique where we whip uh, we cream together butter and sugar first when normally with brownies oh. you have melted butter or melted yeah. oil so to get them cakier you get air into them so and so you you get a like a fluffier texture so right. you, you make them cakier okay um fudgy is normally melted butter melted white sugar or sorry sorry white sugar brown sugar um and so the fudgy, the fudgy is the kind of the quantity, like the mix, the the quantity, that's not right. The 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 equation, the mix of the ingredients. Mm-hmm. But um so I, I do prefer fudgy. The majority yeah. of my brownies on the website are fudgy unless they specify uh cakey. And then there is that kind of unicorn that everybody tries to get, which is the crinkle top brownie. Yes, exactly. That you, when you bake off, and that's like, I'm going to admit, we're, we're all going to admit that we've baked off a box of, uh, like, box brownies. Totally. Uh, I have to say, though, have you ever had the Ghirardelli ones? Have we talked about yes, this before? We haven't, but I, they're, the they're best. so rich. They are the best. Yeah. Um, anyways, and they, so box brownies, I don't know how they did it. We Nobody knows how we do it. They do it, but they engineer this lovely wafer thin crinkle top on the top like of your box brownies almost. and it's like it's not even there but it's there and it's yes. just it's amazing so I researched how to get this and I have a post on the website about how to get crinkle top brownies and oh my gosh so so everybody said everything different so just like that tip you read to me yep. about like sifting mm-hmm. um I've never heard that before but for crinkle top they say um whip up your egg whites and fold them in or whip up your whip up um whip your eggs up really well okay then fold them into your mix so then the egg whites because you've kind of come to almost a meringue not almost meringue stage but you've got them really fluffy yeah that that little layer on the top is the meringue which made sense to me tried it didn't work so they went back to the drawing board and a lot of it was about um temperature of ingredients and and things like that but i i, I won't give away the secret um i'd say everybody go to biggerbolderbaking.com and find out what makes a really good crinkle top brownie but yeah I'm all day long that. and then going back to your point mm-hmm. always i know it's very hard to resist the urge and you really want a brownie a batch of brownies like 
eat them after when they come out of the oven, they are a million times better. Times better. The next day, the flavor has developed and the texture is better. And if you if your fudgy is your thing, yes. this is when you eat them. And I then totally agree. Gina, I don't know if you do this, but then you like you microwave them for you know ice few seconds, too? ice cream. And um, like just get them, get that fudgy soft center, like microwave for a few seconds, put them in the oven or whatever. Or actually, do you know what the, um, the, what's the, this guy called? The air fryer. Air fryer. And, oh um, my God, I never thought about that. Yeah. And just get them warm again and fudgy on the middle, in the middle. Do you, do, do you like like nuts or things in them? Like I'm a very plain fudge brownie No, person. I can do, I can do a lot of things now. I used to just like plain brownies, mm-hmm. but I can do nuts. I wouldn't be like a big like pretzels and thing person. Oh, Love pretzels and um, But like we do on the website, we have caramel brownies. We also, we also have a recipe for um, banana bread, uh, banana bread brownies, oh, which I is s- the mix of the, uh, of the two, like two, the world's two favorite things mixed into one recipe. Is the recipe. texture tricky with that? No, it's not. It's like bread and then a- it's honestly, it, it, so it does end up being a bit like cakey and fluffy. Yeah. But it's really good. I'll have to try that. That sounds delicious. Yeah, really, really Bananas good. and chocolate. Well, speaking of banana bread, now we're moving on to parsnip cake. Have you heard of this? No, pass. Really? Okay, no, first of that's all. that's not a thing. Let's not make that a thing. Really? No. Okay, this is one of my questions. How do you describe the taste of a parsnip? That's a good question. Oh, are you... It's like, so I, I was going to say it's like celeriac. But then how would you describe the the flavor of celeriac or celeriac? Um, Is it like an earthy flavor? It's not earthy. People are probably now screaming at (laughs) me telling me what the flavor is. It's not earthy. It's very unique. It's really good. It pairs really well with like curry and things like that. But not so much in baking. Well, it's it's a strong, it's a definitely a strong flavor. So it's the way carrots and courgettes use them in baking. Right. Um, Carrot has a bit of a stronger flavor. Courgette does not. Parsnips have a strong, like definite, that's a parsnip flavor. So I don't know, I don't think that's the new vegetable to go into baking. Well, because it's interesting, like carrots, like you mentioned. Yeah. I was like, oh, carrot cake, delicious and also moist. So then I was looking up this recipe and it asks for oil, maple syrup or honey. Like it sounds like a lot of wet ingredients. So I wonder if it's also like if vegetable cakes are just moister. Um, you I know? don't I don't know the answer to that question. What would be your vegetable of choice? Okay. Carrot. Can't take. No, no. Oh, no carrot. No. I'm taking carrot off of the table. Well, then what is there? Okay. Let me. Like zucchini bread. I love. No, but I think a chocolate zucchini cake would be delicious. No, it's not really my thing. I like a little bit like you like your brownies to be brownies. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. my desserts to be desserts. Like I don't, I don't need black beans in my brownies. Yeah, that's a good Okay. Point. I don't need avocado yeah. chocolate pudding. Let's just, let's just like, no. Or I, I personally, brownies, to be yeah. fair, I've never had them. I'll admit that, but I just don't think I need that. I will say avocado brownies are not bad. Okay. We're taking vegetables out of the equation. If you had to just pick an untraditional cake flavor. Yeah. What would that be for you? It could be something that gears more towards the sweet side, but is there like an idea that you have for like, of course, mine would be like a Nutella cake. Obviously, we all know that. Um, that's still sweet though. You like like red velvet. Oh yeah, that's not, oh, but you, that's pretty like tradi- that's pretty traditional. traditional. Yeah. Um, no, I'm pretty traditional when it comes to my flavors, yeah. but I do love, th- I'll tell you what I do love when I, um, when we make them for bulk shoots and we have them here for the website, when we do like a lemon cake at, in springtime, which it is mm-hmm. now. And you're like, wow, I really like, um, 
this is like, why don't I choose this more? Like, yeah, people don't have them that often. I feel like no, you don't, and they're really good. Orange in cakes with like really good too. rhubarb in like cakes, yeah, like <gasps> stuff like that. Is rhubarb hard to bake with? I've always like no, not too bad. No, it just you need to. Um, it's not. It's no. It's not hard to bake with. It cooks down really well, but you just do have to add extra sugar to it because it's very bitter. Is that a? It's not. A, is it a vegetable? No, rhubarb? it's um, it's. It's a vegetable. It is a vegetable. See, that's your vegetable yeah, yeah, yeah. cake, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A rhubarb. Oh, good one. A rhubarb cake. So that works. That does work. Okay, then I'm, I'm, I'll have a rhubarb cake, No please. parsnip cake for Gemma. No, I don't think that's a thing. That sounds like something that somebody is trying to make a thing. I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of into it. I, I would try it. This one sounds good because you start by making these like parsnip crisps and I'm like a big texture person. No. Because in the photo it was like, it just had this like nice crumbly crisp. No, on hold top. on a second now. And then you use a potato peeler, thinly slice the parsnip and then you put them on the baking tray, you drizzle with oil and that's, oh, it just sounds good. No, hold on a second. I'm sorry. I know you want to move on to the next thing, yeah. but rewind there for a minute. Okay, okay, okay. When you were talking about a parsnip cake, I thought you meant grate it in. Like no, it is. Because this is, then the cake is mixed together oil sugar orange zest beat the egg stir until smooth then mix in grated parsnips okay then but then where do these crisps go on top so it's like a double no. duty for the part. sorry you're really leaning into the flavor i just well i i didn't like the idea to begin with and then you threw on the crisps on top yeah no I, right. I have to say though parsnip crisps Sounds in general good they're eating. so good oh really they're very it's a very savory yeah they they, they they're not really parsnips aren't a, they're not as i feel like they're not as wet as carrots yeah and they're like they're so they're a little bit drier and they're kind of drier than potatoes even so they do make really good crisps so if you have a mandolin um or on your box grater get them as thin as you can and make crisps out of them and they're really yummy and what you can do is like definitely do salt and pepper and oil and like I said curry powder or something Mm -hmm. like that on them um some sort of a spice is really good too but that's an interesting point too because they're dry so then I wonder if you do have to then add more wet I'm wondering why are they but they are dry so why are they in a cake that's a very good question. And then also, then why aren't we putting potatoes in cake? Like, let's be serious here. <laughs> a potato cake? Yeah, that's true. You know? It's okay. a good question. All right, well, we're moving on to muffin batter. Okay. Which I was, when I was doing this research, I'm like, we haven't covered muffins that much. It's no. a topic that we haven't really d- dove into. Are you a muffin person? I don't, I don't even know. Do you like muffins? Um, I'm a muffin person. I do like muffins. Yeah, but I do like muffins. I like, you know, the really big... Like, and I think of American muffins when mm-hmm. I think of this, because, so, you know, um, the, just the, the big muffin top and the but cr- crumbly, they're, they're but crackled on top yeah. and there's blueberries Sugar. like bursting out of them. Yeah. They're like, when you go to Costco and you see those muffins and there's like six in a pack and they're like, they are ginormous and like, they're incredibly soft. They're incredibly sweet. I don't want to know what's in them, but like, those are like when I think of a muffin that I like, like that mm-hmm. texture and profile, like that's what I gravitate Were towards. Were they that big? Like growing up, did you eat? No, we didn't have muffins like that. Well, we didn't, also didn't have muffins. It wasn't really yeah. a thing. We had buns. Okay. So we didn't have cupcakes. Our cupcakes were buns and we didn't cupcakes. really have muffins. Like when I was young, and yeah, when I was young, yeah, yeah, yeah. don't get me wrong. Now you absolutely, you do see Cupcake muffins. Craze, yeah. When I was young, a muffin, uh, muffin wasn't really a thing. Wow. I, I love mu- like a chocolate chip muffin. I love yeah. or coffee cake with some like cinnamon yeah. and sugar on top. Those are my favorite. I think I might go for a pastry before I would go for a, a muffin. muffin. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. I guess we, we're different in that sense. But so this is all about refrigerating your batter overnight. Yes. And I 
have questions about that, not only about muffins, but in general. Mm -hmm. So this article had said that if you let the batter sit overnight in the fridge, it actually gives the ingredients a chance to perform better. Um, According to the kitchen, as it rests, the starches and the flour, they have more time to absorb moisture from like the eggs and all of the liquid in the batter. Um, And then it says it actually gives you a thicker batter. Um, Yeah, all those things are true. Okay. I've done that before where I've rested... Um, batters overnight and I've done it where I've made them off straight away um that I would say absolutely experiment with that and like I actually should experiment with that uh for the website though my only thing that I was always in the back of my mind was you've mixed together all your dry ingredients and now your batter is activate your batter is activating Mm -hmm. has activated in the fridge Mm -hmm. and then when you go to bake off your muffin it doesn't pop in the oven because the 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 raising agent is already activated so So it's kind of like stale and when I it's not stale it's just you don't get that pop okay because when you once you mix any baking once you mix a raising agent with it liquid Mm -hmm. acid milk whatever it is you really don't want to hang around you need to get that in the oven because it starts to work it starts to activate once it's mixed so outside of the oven it's already activating in your bowl it's like yeah it's so you need to get it into your pan whatever it is okay. into the oven so my thing about those was I never believed and I baked them off I never yeah. believed that I got that um muffin top dome bursting mm-hmm. egg top when I did a batter overnight. Now, if somebody has a batter for me that does that and you rest overnight, I'm all about it. <laughs> well, they'd mentioned something about double acting baking powder. Oh, oh, okay. They said I that? don't know what that is. Oh, okay. It said to to try to make this work, you can use double bake double acting oh, okay. baking powder. So then so then try what exactly that. What is that? Um I think so I don't you can find that in supermarkets. I have I don't have a lot of experience with that, but that sounds to me like maybe it will it will still react. Okay. Yeah. And so could you like I think about this often, you're having people over the next day, you sort of want to get ahead of your baking or your cooking. Could you yeah. do this with like a cake batter, a brownie batter? You could absolutely do it with brownie batter. I've done it before. Okay. Um, but remember we're baking our day our brownies off the day before, remember? Yep. Um, cake batter, yeah, but it's it's the same with the raising agents and stuff. So you can, you can do it. You're you can, kind of just taking a chance. You can hold a batter for 24 hours. I've done it before. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I've done it before. Um, and also what they don't mention about the, the muffin batter, yeah. which is, is a, an important point, is um, flavor. It develops flavor overnight. Right, because it's like sitting there and it's almost marinating. Yeah, it is. It's, it's marinating. Sort of marinating. No, you're right. And this is just a question I just thought of. So when you have let's say blueberry muffin. Mm-hmm. How do you, you put them all in, but like, like you're saying our favorite muffins, they have like blueberries bursting out of the top. How do you make sure those aren't sinking to the bottom of your blueberry? Like, are your muffin? Tin? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so that can happen when your basher is thin. Oh, so okay. maybe, so making a thicker basher, like mm-hmm. you said, with the overnight will stop that from happening. What happens is your ingredients are too heavy for your basher and they sink to the bottom. Okay. That's very common in fruitcakes. It's very, it's, it can be common when you add in um, ingredients to cakes. So what you do is a way to prevent that. If you're afraid it's going to happen mm-hmm. or you have a great muffin recipe that's thinner, you want to use, but it does happen. Um, toss your blue, your fruit, blueberries, f- dried fruit, raisins, whatever it is, um, chocolate chips, Toss them and in, in, get them coated in a little bit of flour. Okay. Yeah, coat them in a little bit of flour. We do it for fruit cake. You do it for raisins. Or so you do so you do it for um you do it for glacé cherries things like that. Yeah. Toss them in a little bit of flour. Get them a little just even coat. Don't worry about how much. 
and then toss them into the batter and fold them in and get them into the oven. Oh, good tip. And See, listen, we're learning. If you are doing that overnight batter, yeah. don't put your blueberries in until Leave tomorrow, okay. until the next day. Okay. And um, because they'll bleed all the way throughout your batter oh, and they'll get that. soft. And yeah, so I, if, I would say wait. Okay. And listen, I just want you to know, this is a little bit of an insider secret. Yeah, but tell us. You know the way you do get those lovely, bur- like, you go to a bakery and you get like the chocolate chip cookie that is like chocolate like all over the top and it's like just looks like it accidentally fell there. Mm-hmm. Often it didn't. It was put there by the baker. So and I know this because we've been doing food photography for eight years mm-hmm. and with muffins and when we're doing when we're doing recipes and when we want something to come out looking amazing from the oven, you do have to um, strategically um, save a few blueberries and place them evenly huh. around the top of the muffin to make it look to all make it pretty. To, to make to re, if you really want to get some on top, you kind of have to do that. It's the same with chocolate chip cookies. Do your do your cookies and um, scoop them, but before they go into the oven, stick a few more chunks. Just to make sure there's some chunks on top. Okay. So when they come out, you've got a big chunk on top. Well, actually, too. Speaking of food photography, which I know we've touched on a little bit, what's the trickiest thing? You know, because if some of our listeners are sharing the recipes on Instagram or, you know, tagging people and things, what is the hardest part, in your opinion, about photographing food and making it look nice? Um, I'll tell I'll tell you a few different things. I find it really hard to photograph loaf cakes. Okay. Because it's just a long log. So the, the shape really depends on what... Uh, you know, if it's if it's a round cake in a horizontal picture that fills up the frame and it's lovely. But now think of a loaf cake in a horizontal frame, a horizontal yeah, frame. That's true. So I've got to put more props in that frame to fill it out mm. because all I have is this long loaf. Right. And then like I have to turn it on its side to take up more of the frame. You can't have it di- or d- do it diagonal, but you can't have it like facing down. So it's picture. like a set decorator. It's a almost. whole thing. It's a whole thing. Yeah, it's a whole thing. So um What's hard to photograph? I find those um, loaf cakes hard to photograph. I will tell you that I don't enjoy shooting ice cream because you don't, because food photography, when we do our bulk shoots here, Mm -hmm. we do two long days of food photography. We estimate around 20 minutes of photo, which is very, very aggressive. Um, like it, that's like not enough time. No, no, it, it it's, it's, it barely gives, um, Carla, my photographer enough time. It gives her enough time You're to get kidding. the photo. It gives her, oh, it gives her enough time to get the photo, but it doesn't give her any extra time to play with because we put it down and, we're, and then we, she takes a shot and you're like, that's just not working. That's just not working. Wow, we have to I change. I no it. idea. So then you have to change stuff. You've got to move stuff around. Then you think you got your photo and then you take a slice out and you're like, oh, wait a second. This is way <laughs> better than before. Now let's get all our photos again. So I have a, like a time little, like I do around 20 minutes. Wow. So we get through around less than 30 recipes a day. And, um, it's, it, it's stressful. And that's time consuming. I mean, it's, it's so crazy, but, um, we, we, we've got down now to a fine art, but when we first began, we, it was, it was crazy. It was I can't madness. even imagine like coming madness. up with a system. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. So now we're going to move on to grain of salt. We're going to try and stump Gemma. I have some true or false. I'm going to turn the paper towards me. So Gemma, I actually can't see my so eyesight's dreadful. See. Um, I have three. Our first one, if you need to use chilled butter, are you supposed to grate it and freeze it first? No, you're not supposed to. If you use, if you're supposed to use chilled butter, if it says chilled butter, use chilled butter. That's okay. important. That's really important. Like you can't use like, what is chilled? Is it in the fridge? Is it in the freezer? No, for no, a no. It's in the fridge. Okay. So cold from the fridge, hard cubes, like okay. those kinds. Of, that's chilled. Okay. Room temperature is soft. 
So when do when it comes to it's a good question. When it comes to butter, um, follow what it says. If it says cold from if it says cold, it says chilled. If it says soft, do what it says there. And um, if it says melted, make sure it's fully melted, not half melted. Gina, not Gina melted. Um, things like that. But um, so what this person is. What did you say her name? Um, no, that those are next. But oh, this is sorry. just like internet facts. It's just a question. Bacon. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what you you can you're not supposed to. Can you freeze your butter? Yeah. Um, yes, you absolutely can. Okay. It's easier to um freeze it, I think, then grate it. She yes. said she said So I because I read about that and it said that you actually will handle it less yeah, if you so freeze it and grate it. Do so freeze it, keep the butter, put the whole stick or whatever it is in, in the, the freezer. freezer, keep the paper on it, oh. then let it freeze, then grate it straight into your ingredients, keep the paper on your fingers. So when you're doing the grater, it perfects it protects your fingers. Gemma has all the secrets. Oh, I've done this. I I've mean, been around a block once or twice. Like yeah, yeah. I do this all the time. It's really good. It's because it gives you, so there's a few things. It gives you these tiny little uniform lumps of butter, which yeah. you want in your scones and in your pastry and, and, and um, biscuits and things like that. But then also the, the, what can really make a big difference with these kinds of doughs is overhandling. It's mm. overhandling, overworking, and, and your fingers, your fingers, the warmth from your hands getting the butter and the dough soft. And it really does happen. Affects, I've seen it, it, it affects absolutely affects it. So the less you can touch a dough is um the better. Oh, okay. Good to know. Yeah. Um, true or false, you can keep cookies fresh by putting a slice of bread in the container. Yeah, them. that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Can't stunk Gemma. Let me tell let me tell you that. Um, I I I'll tell you a little and to that okay um often people ask does the bread go stale and it doesn't it goes crisp because it, it pulls the moisture from the cookies it mm. stops them going soft it pulls the moisture and then the bread gets crispy oh so it's like a two for one yeah then you, you get can good also bread. and you can also use a marshmallow a marshmallow yeah what does the like what's it pulls moisture Wow. Yeah, and then the marshmallow gets hard. Oh, I love this. And it doesn't go bad. And just leave it in there. I would have never known to, a marshmallow. Wow. True or false, you need to mix every last clump out of your batter. No, you don't. That's absolutely not true. Yep, not yeah, Unless gamma. specified. Right. Yep, it said they're where like the flour sticks together is essentially those little clumps. And then you don't want to overmix it because then you'll ruin the texture. Mm -hmm. And if you want, people always say, I want that thick... Pank, buttermilk pancake yeah I want that batter it's like that's grand it's easy stop over stop over mixing your batter okay yeah. yeah 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 yet again Gemma is not stuck I have to say Gina I kind of three. got through all of those yeah well, you easily too yeah those well, are like yeah very good I'm worried now for the next one <laughs> all right so now we have our ask Gemma's from you guys our first one is from Instagram from Megan Coley for making sourdough can we use a normal cake tin instead of a heavy Dutch oven can we first break down a Dutch oven yeah okay so how would you what is what's a Dutch your question oven? what's a Dutch oven yeah it's an enameled pan okay um cast iron enameled okay I'm 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 90% sure I'm right about saying it's cast iron and enameled like I, a pot or just a pan no 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 it's a it's a pot oh. so you know when you stew you, mm -hmm. you the stewing pots yep they're they're really what you're looking for is a really heavy pot so a dutch oven I'm pretty sure is cast iron underneath and then enameled so um if I'm I'm not I should I should look into that but um you're looking for a heavy pan so no what well, see the the beauty of the dutch oven is it it's you can't 
you can't substitute it for a cake pan because cast iron, what, what the, the beauty of the cast iron or the Dutch oven is that it, um, oh my God, I'm absolutely, the word like is escaping me. It keeps the heat in? It, yeah, but what's, it re, the retention of the heat in the metal once it gets into the oven. So you put the oven, the, usually, usually you don't always have to do this, but you put the cast iron, the Dutch oven into your oven first. Okay. You preheat it and then you put in your dough. I've done it where I've put it in cold, that's totally fine. But what happens is, your oven's really hot because you're making bread. Right. But it gets even hotter in there because you've made, because the, reten- the, the, the Dutch oven has retained that heat. So it holds on to it longer and it gets even hotter. Now, the thing about the cake pan also, the cake mm-hmm. pan doesn't do that. Also, you need, the, the Dutch oven is the lid. It's a heavy lid. No air is getting out of that jo- Dutch oven. So what you've done is created steam between, uh, between the bread oh. and the oven. So no air is getting out and you have, it's, it starts to sweat in there and uh, steam, <laughs> steam is uh, has created and then that steams your bread, which is really important for like the first 20, 30 minutes of bread making. So and you can't do that with a cake pan. You can't get a lid on a cake. It just doesn't work. So it's it, unfortunately, it's not the same thing. Okay. So do, invest if you're a bread maker, investing in a Dutch oven is a good investment. It is. Let me tell you, though, it is a good investment. Um, you don't need to buy, I'm seeing a lot right now, um, Dutch ovens just for bread. Mm. Like, if you're going to get something, make sure that you can also use it for stewing and stuff like that. Right. You know, like a multi-purpose. Yeah. Like, yeah. make sure you can cook in it and make sure it's big enough to stew in it. My, I strongly recommend, these are my two things, go to... Um, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, Ross. You'll get Dutch ovens, and it, it could be Le Creuset, um, it could be Martha Stewart's brand, anything. Really, really good brands. Um, a fraction of the price, like around 40. You can get them for four big ones for $40. Wow. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Dutch oven, that's what we got to do then. Yep. Okay, we have time for one more. This is also from Instagram from Schiff Salmon. What is the difference between oven and microwave baked cake? Uh, okay, so that's a really good question. Um, very simply, the the beauty of the microwave is that it ba- it cooks re- like bakes and cooks really fast, mm-hmm. but it's not a dry heat. It's created with steam, just like we said with the that's so it's, it's yeah. in a, it's in a confined space. Yep. Uh, it starts to um, it starts to heat up and it creates steam, so you end up with this incredibly moist cake out of the microwave. So good. So you put it into the oven, you get a lovely brown. Uh, cake. So in the uh, in the microwave, you do not get brown cake because you don't have radiant heat. Right. In the oven, you do, but it's dry heat. So you end up like your cake's not dry or anything, but it's drier than the one you made in the microwave. Mm-hmm. So you get a lovely brown color, but um, it wasn't steamed. So you're, you're technically your microwave cake was pretty much almost steamed. So it's really moist. Yeah. So it's 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 whether you like those two things. Okay. You know. So it's sort of preference. They like both, the brownies. They yeah. both have their um they both have their benefits. And if you're on a time crunch, microwave cake so easy. Yeah, it is. Pop and I've got uh, like recipes not like everybody knows I have the mug cakes, yeah. but they I have recipes for whole cakes in the microwave on my website. Awesome. Yeah. Got it all there, bigger, bolder baking. Whoa. Oh my gosh, Gina, I'm on fire. What else You're do you want really to know? You're really on fire. <laughs> you guys, next week we're going to have to see if we can stump Gemma because she's really f- flying through these. Yeah, Doing it, might, it well. might be my, my cold medication. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting to you. Well, that's all we have time for. Thank you guys for listening. Um, as always, you can find me on Instagram at Gina Brazau and Gemma. Gemma at, uh, under, I am Gemma, on underscore, <laughs> Gemma underscore Stafford and bigger, bolder baking on all platforms. And make sure to follow the need to know podcast because, or sorry, make sure to follow the need to know Instagram because that's where we get a lot of your questions yes, from. Yes, definitely. And we will see you guys next week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.